Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, these friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Friends and Fiction, our weekly Facebook Live show featuring author chats and support of independent bookstores. We are so glad you're here, and we're so glad that we're here, too. We are truly honored to be among all of you. This is such a great community, more than 19,000 strong now, and it means so much to all of us to be a part of it. So let's get started. I'm Kristen Harmel, and my latest is The Book of Lost Names. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey, and my latest book is Feels Like Falling. I'm Patty Callahan Henry, and my latest is Becoming Mrs. Lewis. I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and my latest is On Ocean Boulevard. And I'm Mary Kay Andrews. My latest is Hello Summer. And this is Friends in Fiction. Welcome. We've had a bunch of great guests lately, uh, Signe Pike, Emily Giffen, Atoff Rum, but this week is special too. It's just the five of us, your five resident friends and fiction authors. And when we're alone together like this, we get to dig a little deeper. Tonight, we thought it would be nice to talk about magic, but not just any magic, the magic we all find within books, the magic of the written word that has led us here to this community, the magic that connects us with each other and somehow at the same time, transports us all very far away. And it's a great night to be having this conversation because guess what? It's actually our 25th episode. Can you believe it? We wow. started out mm -hmm. thinking we would do seven episodes, but here we are uh, at what I think is the beginning of a very long path we're all gonna be walking to. You've all been so wonderful and so supportive of us. And that in and of itself is magic. We're at 25 episodes today, but we hope that we have hundreds more you inspire us, so thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being part of this very magical journey. So I wanted to start tonight with something else very magical too, a cover reveal from our very own Christy Woodson, who's Under the Southern Sky is out in April. Christy, can you tell us all about it and share your beautiful magical cover with us? Yes, I'm so excited. Oh, there it is. Beautiful. You guys, it's number seven, which I mean is lucky, right? Yes. I mean, I feel like it should be. Um, but I can't believe that I'm gonna have seven books out in the world. I mean, it really talk about magic. Like I actually wrote about that in my um in my first acknowledgments, how magical it is to get a book out in the world. So to have seven feels kind of unbelievable. 
Um, but I've actually been thinking about Under the Southern Sky for about five years. So I'm so excited that it's finally out. It's definitely um, a book of my heart. And it is about an investigative journalist named Amelia, who inadvertently discovers that a cluster of frozen embryos belonging to her childhood friend Parker and his late wife Greer have been deemed abandoned. So she is put in the unenviable position to have to tell Parker. And then in turn, he has to make a decision about what to do with these embryos that are um, really and truly the only thing left of his late wife. So the story is told from the point of view of um, Amelia, who's the journalist, and her mother, Elizabeth, because we all need a good Southern meddling mama to kind of keep the story (laughs) rolling. Um, And then Parker, who's the father of these embryos. And then we get to see little snippets of his late wife, Greer, through her um, journal entries. And so every character in this book has a secret, um, mostly that don't really have anything to do with the embryos. But as the secrets are revealed, they end up dictating what happens to them in the end of the story. So I'm so excited. I can't wait to share it with you guys. Um, And yeah, it's great. So thanks for letting me share. Amazing. It's a big night. It's a big night. We're we're very excited for you. And you know, that beautiful cover reminds me that, um, yes, the next few months are going to be tough. We still have some weird going on, but um, Mm -hmm. summer will be here. You know, I mean, that I just want to dive right into that cover and it's going to be a beautiful, brighter time. (laughs) It looks so great. (laughs) Well, I think everyone should order it right now because that way they know they have a little bit of this summer. Yes. Yeah, that's that's true. That's such a good idea. It's such exactly. a good idea. <laughs> you really owe it to yourself, right? Yeah, we don't want to let go. Well, speaking go of ordering it now, we also have a wonderful bookseller this week, Bethany Beach Books in Delaware, one of the stores that has done an amazing job with virtual events during the pandemic. Uh, I know most of us stopped there on our virtual tours this year and have done live events with them in the past. Mm-hmm. So we look forward to joining them in person again. But in the meantime, we hope that you'll check them out tonight. The link is on our Facebook page and you'll get 10% off our new releases with the code we love F and F 2020. And that's we love F ampersand F 2020. And of course that includes Christie's beautiful under the Southern sky. So you can be among the very first to pre-order it and get, you know, get summer ordered up. It's summer on its way to you. And, oh, and if you do order from them this week, you're going to get one of our super fun friends and fiction koozies. And then I have these really cute um, quote postcards that um, come with the book that I'll send you to. And um, I don't even think I've told you guys this yet, but I talked to Bethany Beach Books. And if you place an order with them for anything, not just my book, but for anything this week, um, you'll be entered in a drawing for a $25 gift card. So it's a good week to order. Yeah. That's that excellent. Wonderful. Oh, perfect. So win, win, win. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. So as I mentioned, we'll be talking tonight about the magic of books, books like Christie's and how they've changed lives. But I know that they've changed yours too. So many of you shared your stories this week and we want to read a few of your comments aloud. Mary Alice, would you like to start? Yes. This is from Bronwyn Lunsford. And she said, And I love this. As a child, one of the first books I purchased on my own and enjoyed was Frances Hodgson Burnett's The Little Princess. And I've reread it several times since. I love how the neighborly secret neighbor secretly delivers items of comfort to Sarah in the attic, and she thinks it's magic. I frequently look for the silver lining in things thanks to the book. Awesome. Awesome. 
And I've got um, a comment left by Mag or Maggie Rodriguez, who said, my mom passed away when I was 11. My life became very difficult with her passing. Reading transported me to different worlds and times. Reading eased my pain. I still read voraciously and I'm still transported to magical places. Nancy Brent said, having an eye disfiguration from a birth defect was tough as a child, as we all know other kids can be cruel. Reading always put me with friends and in other places. I had real friends, but books taught me to be strong and that others have issues as well. And that took the focus off of me. Mm, And Morgan Bowen said, I became an avid reader in my adult life after switching jobs. Fast forward a bit, and I ended up joining a local book club. Those women are now my rock. So reading is not only my preferred method of entertainment, but has also blessed me with a group of friends I can't imagine what I would do without. We know how that feels. We We do. do. And and that's so awesome because, you know, I think we all feel similarly. Mm. And I know I do. These four women have become some of my closest friends. Mm. And it's the magic of books that has connected us. So ladies, I wanted to ask you for how you feel about the magic of books. So these last few months, we've needed a lot of magic in our lives, I feel like. 2020 has been a tough year in a lot of ways, and I know it's still tough. We're still in this kind of crazy time of uncertainty. For me, books have been a comfort because they take us again and again into a world that's normal. Or in other cases, a world that reminds us that this too shall pass. So for one of our Friends in Fiction members, Rivka Estrin, who has five kids, reading has been a big help during this time. She said, because of quarantine, I've already read 56 books and it's only September. Books have been a literal lifeline for me amidst the anxiety due to this pandemic. And Anissa Joy Armstrong says, books have been my saving grace since mid-March as I can escape into them and forget about the craziness that we now live in every day. So I would love to know, ladies, how the magic of reading or writing has helped see you through the weirdness and isolation of this pandemic. Mary Kay, did you want to start? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, who would like to start? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. This is like being on one of our Zoom calls behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, right. Like, mm-hmm. actually, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> would somebody else like to else talk? <laughs> What's that? Christy, would you like to tell us? Sure, I'll start. This is so funny, too, because, I mean, I, I knew what we were talking about tonight, but this did not hit me until right now. You know that um, that Roald Dahl quote that says, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you because the greatest secrets are always hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. And I just, I love that, you know, that you have to believe in the magic to be able to find it. Um, reading, of course, has been huge during the pandemic, and um, I feel like like everyone was saying, really took us to a different place. But for me, I think writing, and I'm sure we probably a lot of us feel this way, it's kind of the lens through which I see the world. And so yeah. going to the page every day, I wasn't writing about the pandemic. I wasn't writing about all the things that had changed or things that were hard or homeschooling or launching a book. Yeah. And the pandemic. I mean, I wasn't writing about any of that, but somehow it's like all those things come out on the page and you can... Um, there's something really cathartic about writing, even through a character or a totally different story, but just letting go of some sort of emotion that you have sort of pent up. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, our morning writing sprints and just coming to the page every single day, especially, you know, during the time when everything was really closed and we were in the house, it was, I mean, amazing. It really was a game changer. Yeah, I completely agree. Mary Alice, what about you? Well, I think we were talking earlier that um, for me, audiobooks has been really helpful because mm-hmm. I, you know, when you're working hard on the computer all day, your eyes just get sore. And I've tried those glasses and they do help a little, but I can still get lost in a story in an audiobook. Yeah. And you still have all your senses involved. You visualize the characters. It's not like watching television or a movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you're, you're, creating. I love, it's been a real surprise how much I fell in love with audiobooks. Well, that's good. And what a, what a perfect time to kind of rediscover mm-hmm. them. That's great. Patty, how about you? I mean, how has reading and writing helped me during the weirdness of the pandemic? I mean, I think it saved me. Yeah. So uh, reading has always grounded me, which seems kind of the opposite thing to say, because we often talk about reading to escape. But reading has always let me kind of connect to that live wire inside of myself that is separate from all the drama going around. Maybe that's not the best way to imagine it. But for me, it's like this live wire of the truth. And it's separate from everything else. And so reading helps me stay grounded instead of escaping in many ways. And writing, too. Um, If I'm writing with intention... And I'm not just mindlessly trying to get the words on the page, which I also do. We all do. But if I'm doing it with intention, it brings me back to myself. Like Christy was just talking about. It brings me back to center. I think, and I've watched it with everybody, including my family. It's, and including myself, it's really easy to start to spin out of control with worry and doomsday predictions and loss of control. And helplessness is a really bad feeling. I know I sent all of y'all that article about surge capacity and how we only have so much in us and we can only take so much. So there are different things that bring us back to center and fill up our capacity again. And that's what stories and reading and writing do for me if I do them with intention and attention. That is such a good point. How about you, Mary Kay? Have you had time to collect your thoughts? Um, (laughs) I think reading certain books uh, remind me of the joy. Mm. We lost, you know, uh, so much of spring when it should have been a glorious green time was kind of gray and terrifying. um, I can think of a couple books that I, I got myself immersed in. And when I stopped reading, I was like, oh, that's joy. Yeah. That's, that's the joy of a, of, a, of a great ending of characters that you want to hear more from. Um, and so that to me has been the gift. You're absolutely right. That's such a good point. So to all of you out there who are watching us, if you have any questions for us about the magic of books, or any comments, um, Patty's going to be reading a few in just a couple minutes. But ladies, when I think about the magic in books, I think a lot about the way books can sometimes change change us at our core, just kind of by mm-hmm. showing us something that was there all along within us. Can you tell us about a time where you've learned something profound about yourself or about the world around you from a book? It could be a book you've read. It could be a book you've written. Uh, but I think I think books teach us important lessons. Patty, do you want to start us off this time? Sure. I I think it's been both for me, reading and writing. And if I started to list 
all the books that have have kind of shifted something inside of me. We'd um, you Sean would have to disconnect me from the show. <laughs> disconnect enough of Patty, but I think it's been both reading and writing. I think that we're um, sometimes we'll read a book and then ten years later we'll pick it up and it's a completely different book yep. and then it impacts us, right? Because books are a living thing; they're not these stagnant things. Stories are alive. And so I could read something and then read it 10 years later and completely altered my life. But one fiction book, since I could only pick one fiction that really changed me, it was at a really difficult time in my life when I first moved to the South. And I grew up up North and I moved to the South and I picked up Ann River Siddons Peachtree Road. And it was the first time that I understood the South in a different way because I was new to it. And I was like, oh, that's what all of this is about. And I kind of opened up in a new way after that. And then the, one of the millions, well, not millions, but one of the hundreds of nonfiction books that definitely shifted the way I thought about the world and about writing was Madeline Langle's Walking on Water. That was a game changer for me. That opened me up to the world in an entirely new way. That's awesome. And every book I write changes me. Every book you write changes you. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it's, you almost don't expect the change when you go into the writing. I'm I'm constantly surprised when a book I've written or that I'm working on begins to change me. And it happens every time, but somehow I never see it coming. Yeah, that's such a good point, Patty. Uh, Mary Alice, how about you? You know, this was really hard. I think I, I look over the years of my life and I see them as eras. Not, you know, this was my my youthful era, my young mother era, yeah. the, and I think different books have have touched me at different points. You know, I think the one that was the most surprising was when I was in graduate school and I was studying Japanese language and culture, and I lived it. We, you know, it was we talked Japanese all day long, but I remember. I started writing my first novel then, and it was a Japanese historical, and I'll still publish it someday. But what was interesting was I was writing it when James Clavell's Shogun came out, Ah. this big. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I ever read, and I was a scholar, Japanese scholar, and it was the first time that I had read a novel where the history was so accurate and so hmm. perfectly told. I mean, you have all the different names. If reading like Tolstoy, you have to have all the names up there to remember who the characters are. <laughs> but he called the armies the browns, the oranges. He he figured out how to bring a culture to another world. And I remember being in awe as a, and this isn't so much a personal as much as a writer that I realized this is truly a whole, for all you historical authors especially, uh, a talent. To how do you make the past truly come alive? How do you make all those facts relevant? And I think even for contemporaries, that lesson was so important to, facts are facts only if in a nonfiction, it's blah. In a novel, they have to have meaning. They have to come from the point of view of the character and have to be relevant. And I think Shogun was that for me. That's awesome. Mary Kay, how about you? You know, I had to think all the way back to 96 
uh, when I read uh, Frank McCourt's Angela's Ashes, my father's parents were both Irish immigrants. In fact, my grandmother, I've just recently learned, um, was an indentured servant. She came over on a boat with $5 in her pocket and she, her, her uh, employer paid her fare. And I met, I never knew my grandparents very well. My grandfather, Poppy, died when I was eight. And Nanny, my grandmother, I only saw her for two weeks every year when she'd come to stay with us in May. We would always beg her to tell us stories about the old country, and she would always refuse. She said there was nothing there that she wanted to remember. Those were bad, hard times. And I never understood that until I read Angela's Ashes. And, you know, up until that time, I thought my idea of Ireland was shamrocks and little people and tweed and happy people and pubs and all the things. Uh, it wasn't the hard times. And reading that book really kind of gave me an insight into my grandmother's uh, mm -hmm. rock ribbed character and her deeply felt faith. And it was interesting because my mother, um, who was very different from her mother-in-law, she read that book and just she said if she finally it finally taught her how to understand her mother-in-law who was long dead by that time. So I think Angela's Ashes is one of those books that has stayed with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just extraordinary when you read something completely outside yourself and it oh, helps yeah. you to understand something inside yourself yeah. so much better. I mean, that's just it, it, truly it's magical. It's extraordinary yeah. to me. Hey, Christy, how about you? You know, this is such a good question to me. And um, I thought a lot about um, being a child and I love to read so much. I mean, I still do, obviously, but um, and, and what it was that I really like to read about and what it is now that I really like to write about. And I think in both of those instances, it's those kind of shades of gray in our lives where, you know, when we're children, things are right or they're wrong. And I think it was reading that made me sort of start to realize that people can do the wrong thing, but do it for the right reason, or they can do the right thing, but do it for the wrong reason. And I think I've written both of those characters. Um, and it actually really made me think about becoming Mrs. Lewis. And, oh. you know, I love that book so much. Um, I remember texting Patty. I was had an advanced copy and I was like sitting by the pool reading it and texting her and being like, this book has a pulse. Like when you were talking about books being alive. Um, and it, it was so interesting. It like hit me today that one of the reasons that I love that book so much is that, mm -hmm. um, you know, you talk about this improbable love story and how it was so unlikely. Um, but you have this woman that really, you know, had this man where everything in his life was completely black and white. And she sort of becomes that shade of gray that changes everything for him because, he realizes that maybe everything isn't black and white. Maybe you can do things that might be the wrong thing, but maybe you didn't have a choice or maybe they were for the right reason. Um, and I just love that. I love stories like that because I think all of our lives, you know, the older we get, the more, I think the less we judge other people too, because the oh, more yeah. complex we realize our lives can really be. So, Oh, Christy, you will make you cry a little bit. Thank I'm you. Sorry. I, you know how much I love that book though. I really do. I've, <laughs> Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorites. 
this has been your weekly mascara test. Mascara is holding up. Christy, that's not awesome. doing well. Not doing well. <laughs> you know, and Christy, as you were talking, I was thinking about just the fascinating irony that something that's black and white on the page teaches us all the shades of gray. That was such, a, oh, such an interesting way to Christian. put it. That was so <laughs> be careful about those 50 shades of gray. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm not trying to teach anybody the 50 shades of gray. gray that I meant. Okay, who read it and who didn't? Who would be reading it? I would have not read it. No, I no. part shades, of it. No. No. Patty's book, yes, Fifty Shades. <laughs> no, yeah. Mrs. Lewis, yes, Fifty Shades. Mrs. Lewis, You know, but believe it or not, I didn't expect Fifty Shades of Grey to come up during our book no, our no, episode no. about I'm the magic of books. Oddly, oddly. So, a, a quick commercial break on that note to remind you all that Bethany Beach Books in Delaware is offering ten percent off of all of our new releases, including Christie's upcoming Under the Southern Sky, which she shared with us early in the show. So just check under announcements on our Facebook page for the link and the 10% off code. Patty, I know you have um, some reader questions, reader comments in there. Did you want to read us something? I do. First, I'm going to um, read a couple comments because they're so beautiful, y'all. We're talking about magic and, and the magic of reading and how it's brought us together. Catherine Lee says, because of this time, she has read more books in the past six months been in the past three years. Awesome. Excellent. Yep. Um, and then another comment is from Rochelle Rosen, who says that she has started reading Fiona Davis, thanks to Friends in Fiction. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Fiona. And um, one more comment, and then I do have a question um, from a couple people. Nancy Lengen says that Friends in Fiction has created... Why am I so weepy tonight? Lord <laughs> almighty. Says that friends and <laughs> has created a calmness and togetherness in the chaos of time. Thank you for your friendship and humor. Amazing. What a great comment. You can't cry. She's looking for some humor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So onward to the question. And I think this is a really great question because um, it's for readers and it's about um, reading in this time. Elizabeth Howard asks, what advice would you give normally avid readers who are struggling to focus and finish books during the pandemic, which has never happened before? Mm. Audiobooks. I seriously, audiobooks. I, I had a hard time reading and audiobooks was just such an amazing experience. And it surprised me how much I loved them. And, and it didn't, it didn't take away from the love of the reading of a book on paper. Maybe try um, YA novels. Oh, you know, that's a great idea. Um, with YA, I think a lot of the heart of the story, you get to it quicker because uh, middle grade and younger audiences um, don't have the patience to wade through really dense prose. So, I, and there's so many amazing YA authors working today. Um, you can go to a, you can go to an online bookstore and ask them about YA and recommendations. I'd say try YA. Try something completely That's a great answer. You, what you've been reading, or, or return to a favorite book that carries some memories for you. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think sometimes at a time when the world feels like spinning out of control or going haywire, returning to something familiar um, can bring you some comfort. And you know, and someone, you, 
Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'll just say that to that point, someone on our face on the group page today asked, is, does anyone have a book that they read over and over again? Mm -hmm. And I'd be curious what your answers were. Like, do you have a book that you just read? I said Pride and Prejudice. I must have read that book a hundred times. Oh, wow. Is that, what about y'all? Do you have, a, to Kristen's point, a book that makes you feel good that you go back and you reread several times? I read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn like a million times. Wow. Um, I just read it again like last year, which I've said that a million times on the show. But I was also going to say, this is kind of to Mary Kay's point too. My suggestion was to read a different genre. And I've, I've had that same struggle. Like I've had a, I mean, there were so many books, like y'all's books. I flew through. I'm not just saying that because you're here, but like, you know, I just I flew through them and it, they were just exactly what I needed. And then like Fiona's new book, I just flew through Emily's book, Ellen's book, like these books I was just flying through. And then I was kind of, picking things up and sort of hitting a wall a little bit. And, and I knew as I was picking them up, like this is yeah. a beautiful, wonderful book and I want to read it, but I just couldn't, like it just wasn't the right thing. Yeah. Um, and so I finally just settled on, actually just started The Vanishing Half and it's so good. And I was like, yes, like this is exactly what I needed to read. But you just, sometimes you don't know, like you, it's yeah. something that normally like does it yes. for you, this might not be the right thing. Yeah. And that's the beauty of a book club. And in a sense, our Friends in Fiction is a book club. Well, because we have different authors and all their different books, we are reading books that may not be our usual lane. Great. And that's what your that's what your point is. So you, it is opening our eyes to new authors and new styles of writing. And I've been really enjoying reading everyone's book, all the authors' books. And it's different. I'm reading Kathy Reich's now, and it's a mystery. And I'm not a big mystery reader, mm -hmm. but it's a whole fun genre. It's a whole other experience, like you said. Yeah. Definitely. I also think um, for this reader who asked this, Elizabeth Howard, to be gentle with yourself, right? Like, don't be like, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to be. You know, other people are flying through books and like I was talking about earlier, that surge capacity, everybody's life circumstances are different. And our focus has been a lot more difficult during this time. And I think it's okay to just give yourself a little bit of a break, but all these suggestions too. And I was going to say what you said, Christy, changing genre sometimes helps. Yeah. yeah that's such a good Do you want point. another one? Um, you know what? Let's, so we have someone yeah, saying, what, what is a YA book? A YA book, that's a great question. It's a young adult novel. Um, and so young adult novels are typically written for um, uh, what I can't, I'm blanking on the age range, like 12 to 17. No, that's middle grade. It's more. No, um, mid, mid, I think middle grade is 8 to 12. So No, no, not anymore. And actually who reads them? The young adult is actually now becoming more eight, 16 to 20s. Yeah, yeah, young adult, new adult. I think there's a little bit of overlap there, but you're right. Yeah, so it, it, so what YA basically means written for for teenagers, and there's YA that skews a little younger, and YA that skews a little bit older. But they they um, are very. A lot of them tackle very um, sophisticated topics, mm -hmm. and um, and the writing is terrific. Yeah, mm -hmm. ab absolutely. And there are so many YA books that are um, very popular with adults, too. So it's not like you just yeah. be picking up something that, you know, only teenagers are reading. I think a lot of YA or a lot of adults exclusively read YA, which is kind yeah. of interesting. I have friends in my book club who read exclusively YA. Yep, yep. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of readers and all these great reader questions that you had um, and comments, I would love to share a few more reader comments left for us earlier about the magic of books. We're just so many compelling ones. Patty, do you want to Sure. So Gina Davis Williams said, books with their incredible stories have helped me refocus my thoughts. 
which is what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I've been through some major life traumas and transitions over the last seven years. The ending of a 32-year marriage, my spouse's descent into drug addiction, the financial fallout, kids leaving the nest, career changes, you name it. Without these stories that you incredible ladies and others have written, my mental health would have gone into a black hole of despair. The stories take me out of my own head and into other worlds. It's powerful. Yes, absolutely. Mary Alice, do you have one for us? Yes. Carrie Miranda said, I was a painfully shy child. Books were my friends and my social life. Now that I'm grown, they're still my happy place and my escape. Books are my therapy when life is hard and my joy when life feels easy and happy. I'm a teacher now, and my very favorite thing is when I can find the right book to turn a kid into a reader for life. I love that. Mary Kay? Um, Iris Garrett said, everybody has a past they hate. What a great quote that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Every opening line. laughs> and the memories of that past always show up when you're trying to go to sleep. When I am reading a book that draws me in and just submerges my brain in the action, the characters, even the weather. Well, then, then I can close my eyes and dream on in the book. My past is far, far away. What a great, that. that's a great thing to say. Yeah, Nicole Fincher said, books were my magic portal to other worlds. They were my escape from fighting, abuse, loneliness, and despair. And Karen Krinsky said something that I think we all feel. Books are like friends that are there for me. Oh, mm, I like that. Great quote. You got everyone out there. You you all have such wonderful things to say. I mean, I wish we had wish we had a three hour episode tonight and we could read many, many more of your quotes. So many of them were so beautiful and so meaningful. And it means so much to us, I think, as authors to hear that because, you know, we, we kind of write in a vacuum and, and yeah. you don't know sometimes if books are having an impact or if they're just entertaining people. Um, but, you know, do you ever, just to the four of you, do you ever think about what an incredible gift it is as a writer to be able to work a little magic in other people's lives once in a while? It's something I kind of forget when I get caught up in the day-to-day slogging through trying to meet those deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I always feel so very moved when a reader tells me that one of my novels about World War II, which often involve family relationships across the generations, has helped them to better understand their own past or the past of their loved ones. Um, or even the present and how it's impacted by the past. That means something to me when it opens up a family discussion. Um, I even had someone write to me once, a reader in Russia, to tell me that the sto- one of the storylines in a book that had really nothing to do with this um, reminded her that she was worth something and she left an abusive relationship because of it. So that mm-hmm. rocked me to my core, just not only that, yeah. that the book had the power to do that, but that a book that I didn't set out to write to that end, moved somebody that way. So you kind of never know what effect your words are going to have on people, which I think is amazing. So how about the four of you? What have you heard from readers and what has that meant to you? Um, I know, uh, Mary Kay, you were talking ahead of time about something that sounded really powerful. Can, can you tell me? Yeah, you know, I had an email a few years ago from a woman that told me that she and her mother had always loved sharing books, my books especially. And her mother was in hospice and she said every night, She would go to the nursing home and she would sit by her mother's bed and she would read her a chapter of my latest book. And then they would laugh and talk about it. And she said it gave her mother something to look forward to. Every night, that time they spent together, 
the last time they'd share. I'm getting a little weepy. I know. <laughs> What's wrong with us? The last time they'd share until finally her mother's death. And so whenever I think of that, I think about the two of them sitting together in a little bubble of light with the warmth right there. The night is closing in and that light is going out. And I got to be with them. That is amazing. You're making me tear up too. And and you know what's so incredible is when, when you sat down to write that book, you weren't thinking that was going to be the way that it was going to affect someone. But I feel like books speak to you the way they need to at the time you need them to. And, yeah. and that's, that, that's just part of the incredible magic that a book that means one thing to one person could mean something so entirely different and meaningful and, and life-changing to someone else. It's incredible. Um, Christy, how about you? Um, yeah, it just always shocks and amazes me what people take away. I'm going to tell you like a really abbreviated version of this story, but I'll tell it here one day because there are so many layers of serendipity to it that it's kind of shocking. Um, but this actually only happened about maybe a year ago, but, um, someone emailed my husband and said, are you married to Christy Woodson Harvey? And he said, yes, like <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, and he, I mean, they had like run across each other on like a boating forum, like something really random. And he said, um, can you please tell her this story for me? Um, and he told my husband that he and his wife had been through a lot of struggles trying to have children and that, um, they were in the midst of an adoption and it just got really, really complicated. And that they just decided they thought they were going to have to walk away. Like they were just really frustrated. It was really challenging as those situations can be. Um, and his mother had read an article about Dear Carolina, which was my first book, um, in a newspaper. And she bought it just kind of randomly and gave it to his wife. And she read the book and decided that she wanted to keep fighting, that she wanted this was her baby and she was going to fight. And this was what she wanted. Now, here's the crazy part. The little girl's name was Carolina. And she was born on May 5th, 2015, which is the day that Dear Carolina released. Oh, there are just things like that that happen. Like that's a thing that you would write in a book and people would be like, yeah, right. Like that couldn't happen. Yeah. Um, oh but it really, I mean, I, I remember like when he read me that email and I was like astonished that, you know, something like that could happen. Why? Um, yeah, it's crazy. But you just never know. You never know. I mean, a book is, I think, there for a reason that we have never in our lives planned. You are, oh, yeah, you're true. absolutely right. What an incredible story. Patty, how about you? Wow. I'm still in Christy's story. I think, I Christy, <laughs> I think, I think you're right. There's this um, alchemy, this magic that happens after we're done the book, and it becomes something else for whatever it needs to be to the next person, yeah. right? Um, I, I quoted it here before, but that quote by Madeline Langle that a book becomes a bridge between the reader and the writer. And in, in, in the reader crossing that bridge, the book becomes something else entirely for them. So that's an amazing story. I think hearing from readers, as we all can attest, is one of our favorite things about writing. It's one of the most oh, enchanting things about writing a book is is when it reaches the world and then it reaches we put it in the world and then it comes back to us like a boomerang well except for the mean people but on the whole it's amazing i think hearing from readers is like quite literally like that um 
theater idea of breaking the fourth wall, yeah. right? You know, when, when the, when uh, the actor turns to the, to the audience and starts talking, that's what getting a reader letter feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually when I get one, I just kind of offer up a moment of gratitude because it feels so astounding. But one of the most profound letters I received is from a woman I actually ended up meeting and spending a lot of time with. But she was so influenced by Joy Davidman's journey because she, this woman had been through breast cancer and she was so influenced by Joy's journey that she flew to meet me and she wrote a thesis about it. It is one beautiful. It's a 40 page thesis about becoming Mrs. Lewis with cross-referencing to a grief observed and surprised by joy. And it's such a beautiful piece that I keep it in my bookshelves. And um, then she ended up taking a sojourn to England and mapping out her whole trip according to the places in the book. Wow. I know that's when I know the book and you all know this too. It's not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. That's when the book becomes something much bigger than you, much bigger than your words. And that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, and speaking of a book being something bigger, much bigger than you, Mary Alice, I know you had a beautiful story you wanted to share that you had mentioned. I'm really looking forward to hearing you tell this story. This was a surprise. This one, it was for the butterfly's daughter. And I think, like you said, everybody, I share all your comments that each book reaches the right person at the right time. And you're always mm-hmm. grateful. But with this one, it was um, it was a long book tour for The Butterfly's Daughter, really 40 plus stops. Mm-hmm. And what was amazing to me on the whole tour was when I talked to the audience about how in many cultures, the butterfly, particularly the monarch butterfly, is held by a lot of cultures or believed to have be messengers from loved ones. And in every stop, and I'm not exaggerating, in every stop, someone came to me and told me about an incident in their life with a butterfly, a young bride with a butterfly on her shoulder as she walked down the aisle, or a death or a birth. And so I was actually becoming aware that this was a a phenomenon. But when I when I was in Winnetka, Illinois, um, I was meeting the group before, and it was a mother and a daughter we met. And then I started talking, and I was talking about the messenger aspect of the monarch butterfly. Mm. And I saw that the mother got up and left the room. She was crying. And, you know, you're you're aware of it when you're speaking, but you can't mm. stop. So afterwards, the daughter came up to me and said, oh, I just want to apologize and tell you my mother um, got emotional because my brother, her son, was killed in the World Trade Center on 9-11. And the next morning, when they opened the doors, the whole front yard was filled with monarch butterflies. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that? And the mother just remembered and had to cry. And what I thought was, and, and all my years with animals has taught me, we do not fully understand the impact of nature and how we're all connected. Okay. I just, and so, you know, I just write the story, but that phenomenon occurs. And when you hear that from your fans, mm-hmm. you're just as moved as they are. Yeah. Well, especially when it's something that you've written in one of your novels that kind of brings that 
brings that back to them because, you know, that was a moment that she'd had, but, you know, might not have thought of for a while. And it was listening to you speak and listening to, you know, you talk about that novel that did that for her. That That is such a beautiful story. Mm. So I also wanted to share one more quote from a reader. So this one's from Stevie Augustine Baguette, who says, when I was a child, I read every day for pleasure and still do. So many hours of adventure, romance, mysteries, biographies. What a big world. Along the way, I started to live, quote unquote, live in a more diverse world world in my book choices. The opportunities for growth and personal awareness were numerous. Through books, I have learned to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. It seems like that definitely is needed in our country today. So what a great reminder, Stevie, that books can make us better people just by reminding us to open our eyes to the yes. beautiful, diverse fabric of this world around us. Magic indeed. Amen. Yep. So I wish nice we could talk. Start. I wish, gosh, I can, can we just stay another two, three hours? I, I, you guys <laughs> I love good? Bathroom break, maybe. <laughs> Kristen, it was such it. a good idea of yours to read the comments. I oh, have just it been it's so moving. So I mean, thrilled. well, and it just reminds me of again and again of the magic of this community. I mean, it's it, it's just made up of so many beautiful, wise, good people. And what we have in common is books. And, and that just, it has never been more evident to me than it was this week. And I, I'm so happy we get to share a little bit of that with all of you out there. Yes. So yes. as you all know, we love to share a writing tip with you every week. And this week, our magical Christy has offered to give us a tip. Magical. And since she writes, well, she is magical because as you all know, she writes like 10,000 words in a sitting yes. while brushing her hair and writing her Peloton and doing her nails. Um, so she also runs a very successful design blog on the side. And she's basically the source of all good friends and fiction ideas. That um, is so categorically untrue. <laughs> so, so she's our resident genius. And I'm just going to grab my uh, my little notebook and be taking notes on every, every piece of advice that she gives us right now. But no, Christy, do you have a writing tip for us? I, I actually do. Um, and I think this one is particularly uh, with my cover revealed today. I actually have had a few people email me and say, how do you write these books so fast? Although we all do. We all write a book a year. Y'all all act like I'm like churning these things out. Everyone is doing it. But um, one of the things that has really helped me is um, that I learned just really early on. I started writing books when Will was a really small baby. And so there was never you didn't, you never know what your time's going to be as Kristen wellness, as we all well know. I mean, yeah. we've all, you know, been on this road together. And so what I would do is I sort of trained myself to be able to just start and stop wherever I was. And if I stopped, like if he started crying, I made myself a super quick note of what was going to come next. Oh, and so awesome. I could pick up the manuscript, pick up my laptop, whatever it was, and not have to go back and read what I'd already written and be right back where I was and know exactly where I was going to go. And I still do that um, because, you know, not much has changed. I mean, I think we all, we all have a lot going on and it does help to be able to sometimes pick up for 20 or 30 minutes and get some words in or be able to sort of advance your story in some way, especially when you're on a roll, which, you know, sometimes we get in that where we just, all we want to do is write all the time and it's usually not reality. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know how helpful that is, but it works really well. For me, and I think it has helped me be able to write books. Um, even when I really didn't have time to write books. Yeah, I love that. Yep. Great, great tip. Thank you, Christy. So every week we love to shout out a debut or something new we're loving. Who has a book they would like to share this week? I've got one. I it just, 
It's uh, the last story of Mina Lee. Hold uh, it up again. I want to see yeah, it. Nancy Julian Kim, and uh, she's Nancy's going to be a guest uh, with us later on. And it, it arrived um, yesterday, and I couldn't not start reading it. And mm. it's so good. It takes place in Koreatown with a with a protagonist. Um, who's been at odds with her very Korean mother. Um, and um, there's a mystery in it. So I'm already loving it. And she will be, Nancy will be our guest later on this year. Amazing. I can't wait to dig into that. I, I know, me too. Me too. Gosh, I know I have a list a mile long. I know. Um, who else? Yeah, exactly. Who, who else? Christy or Mary Alice? Yeah, I sort of mentioned, I was reading The Vanishing Half, but um, I know we've all heard so much about it, but um, Britt Bennett is going to be our guest um, uh, in our, somewhere on our fall schedule. So um, the, the book is, it's as good as everything I've heard. I'm so excited to kind of get dive into it more deeply, but it's, I'm hooked already. I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, it's going to be so good. I'm excited about that too. The, the episode, yeah, it's going to be a great yeah. chat. Um, Mary Alice or Patty, did you have a book you wanted to mention? Or I just that we're introducing just a blurb for Kathy Rikes is coming next week. We'll talk about that. But I'm reading her book now. That's the mystery I'm reading, and I'm enjoying it. It's great. Cool. I am um, just finished. And it is so good. Thanks to Kathy, I mean, Mary Kay Andrews, who told us all about it because she fell in love with it. I just finished The Sweeney Sisters. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I can't um, wait to read that one. Yeah, it's great. It's oh, my God. Guys. Okay, I'm the oldest of three sisters, and it's about three sisters. And I, I can't wait. I'm going to send it to my sisters. But we're talking to Leanne in two weeks. But yeah, it's an extraordinary book. And I know Kathy mentioned it a couple months ago. But um, she's always, she's always got her pulse on the good stuff. But she does. It's amazing. She does. She's a reading machine. She I is. read a lot more than I do. <laughs> Patty, um, can you remind us about our brand new podcast and tell people how they can listen? We are so excited about the podcast, and um, I am a podcast junkie. I probably listen to two or three a week, and without traveling as much, I don't listen to them as much. So we are excited about ours. It was a total outgrowth of the magic and alchemy of all of us being together. The conversations were so impactful that we wanted all of you to have another way to listen to them in case you couldn't access them on your computer or you missed our Wednesday night. So our amazing team at Audivita, which is the name of our the company that's helping behind the scenes, and the man behind the screen, Sean Hedinger. We're going to make him come out here one day. Um, we'll, we're going to make him come out and wave at everyone who helped us. So it wasn't just us doing this on the fly. We had a team helping us. And now it's all available in a way that you can listen to, including the brand new platform on Amazon. So however you listen to podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, um, now it's also on Amazon. And so there's a lot of ways to listen to it. For those of you with smartphones, it's really easy. Once you know where your podcasts are, you you too will be a podcast junkie like me. All you have to do is look at your phone and find the little podcast um, circle. On the iPhone, it's purple. I think on the Android, it's like burgundy color. You click on it. You enter Friends in Fiction in the search bar. Voila! <laughs> all the shows. And be patient. I saw a couple um, notices on the page that, how come all of them aren't up there? We're getting there. 
They have to be produced and loaded. They're getting loaded one by one by one until we catch up to this show. Um, but I think our Christy has a show and tell. Cue <laughs> <laughs> so the video, Sean. Did you know that you can listen to our Friends in Fiction podcast while you're working out? Simply select the podcast app from your phone, type Friends in Fiction in the search bar, and all of our new episodes will be right there in your podcast app. And while you're there, don't forget to rate us or leave us a review. That is such a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) What what you all didn't see was that while she was doing that, she wrote about a thousand words. I was very busy. Total peer pressure. Total peer pressure. We made her do that. I was just going to say that. We made her do that. We did. I'm doing one next week where I'm sitting in my cushion chair going, and you can do that. I didn't say. I at least got a workout in after because I was like, I'm already clipped into the bike. I might as well keep going. But yeah. Christy, now, now that um, we know we can bully you into things by the four of us yeah. applying pressure, we're, we're plotting <laughs> our next, uh, our next move. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really easy. I'll do pretty much Wait, anything. I say. have a Christy video every week. <laughs> I love it. Great. I love it. We are going to find new Christy videos every single week. Everybody, like know it. what videos you want to see of Christy, and we'll let we'll yeah. leave <laughs> comments. Leave comments on the page about what you want to see Christy doing next. Yes. Great. <laughs> I like it. (laughs) All right, Mary Kay, do you want to tell us about the bonus episode that we have coming up this week? We have Christina Lauren coming up next. And, um, you know, we started doing these behind the book bonus episodes a month ago, focusing on craft. And we're all really looking forward to this Sunday's, which will feature Christina Lauren. Now, you may know that it's one name, but actually behind it, it's um, and they're the authors of best-selling novels, including the mega best-selling Beautiful Bastard series. But did you know that Christina Lauren is actually two people? One named, this is the clever part, Christina, <laughs> one named Lauren. Right. <laughs> They'll both be with us this Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern time talking about their brand new book, In a Holidays. Get it? Holidays, D-A-Z-E. And telling us all about how their writing partnership works. I can't wait to hear it. Me too. Thanks, Mary. I'm looking for a good Christmas holiday book. Mm -hmm. And and you know what? Gosh, I mean, if if there's any time that we need a good holiday book, right? It's pointing out. It's now. (laughs) Let's get Christmas started. Let's get the holidays started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Mary Alice, can you tell us about the fabulous episode that you're going to be hosting next week? I am so thrilled all of us get to have another friend on Friends in Fiction, Kathy Reichs. And she is a, the number one best-selling mystery writer of the very, very popular Bones series. And this is her most recent book, A Conspiracy of Bones. And she's going to be talking about the story and I'll tell you, I'm reading it now and I'm on tenterhooks. You have a body, a faceless body that she has to find the temperance Brenner has to find the identity of. You have um, a, a unresolved child murder that's somehow connected to it. She's getting weird texts. And of course, her beau was Inspector Ryan is is on is in it too. So it's a really good story and it's edge of your seat reading. So she's coming with us next week, and you all have time to read the book and no all no spoilers then when we have her on um, next Wednesday night. 
Okay. Perfect. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So make sure to join us um, Sunday at five on our Facebook page for Christina Lauren. And of course, next Wednesday at seven. And of course, that's Eastern time with Kathy Reichs. So one more time, we want to encourage you to check out Bethany Beach Books and to use the code WELOVEFNF2020 for 10% off any of our new releases. They're a wonderful part of their community and a great purveyor of the most magical books. And we really appreciate them. So thank you so much to all of you out there. Shameless. What's that? I was going like this. Shameless. Oh, there you go. And I guess that, that book, I see, I'm, looking, I'm looking at my script, not looking at you. Exactly. There it is. Thank there you, it is. So to all of you out there, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for being a part of our world. And thank you for reminding us the magic of books is real. And that at the end of the day, that magic is a pact between the reader and the writer. The five of us writers are so happy to be walking this road with all of you. And we're so grateful whenever you choose to read one of our books. And we're just so happy you're here with us on Friends in Fiction. Anything else before we go, ladies? That was thank beautiful. you all. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank, thank you, you so much for joining us. We'll see you on Sunday and we'll see you again next Wednesday. This is thank Friends you. in Fiction and that's a wrap. Good night. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.